Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Paychecks Business Series podcast. I'm your host, Gene Marks. I'm a certified public accountant and regular business columnist for a bunch of publications, including Forbes and Entrepreneur. But more importantly, I'm a small business owner of a financial and technology management services company. I've teamed up with Paychex, the leading provider of human resources, payroll benefits, and insurance services to bring you real-life advice from real-life business owners and industry experts. In this podcast, we'll talk about the complexities of running a small business and how they're handling the challenges they face. And these small businesses that we're going to talk about today are franchisers, because I'm speaking today to Robert Crisanti and Matt Holler. Robert Crisanti is the CEO of the International Franchise Association, and Matt Holler is a Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Public Affairs at the International Franchise Association, and Paychex is the preferred vendor for payroll processing for the International Franchise Association. Hello. Hi. Hey there. Good. Glad that you guys are both on. Uh, I do have a lot of questions for both of you guys. And, and Robert, I know, you know we, we, we had another conversation, but I, I'd like you to repeat again exactly who and what the International Franchise Association is. Well, thank you. We, we uh, represent over 700,000 businesses in the United States and about 8 million employees in the U.S. Uh, we um, have brands, uh, many of the national brands that you would know in the hotel brands and the, in the restaurant brands. Uh, and also elder care. It's a very diverse uh, business model, the franchise uh, business model, and it allows uh, owners, uh, small local um, individuals to be owners of nationally recognized brands. Matt, you know, we're coming out of the, you know, out of this pandemic and a lot of franchises are reopening. Um, Did you find, you know, a lot of them taking advantage of the Paycheck Protection Program? Yeah, we actually just finished a survey last week, Gene, that showed more than 90% of franchise owners uh, took part of both the PPP program um, and about 60 plus percent took advantage of the other main program, the Economic Injury Disaster Loan Program. So big uptick um, from the beginning of the program when lots of people were interested, but nobody could get access to a lender or figure out the rules. So as the program has evolved, um, lots of uptake, still some challenges um, on implementation and some ideas that we have that Congress is looking at in terms of flexibility. But yes, lots of uptake. Um, What is the biggest concerns among these people? I guess forgiveness has got to be high of mind, correct? Yeah, forgiveness is the big one, um, but I think the even bigger one at the moment is for businesses that can't fully reopen um, and are still under stay-at-home orders or some limited ability of opening. Um, you know, having more weeks to spend the funds would be most helpful right now. So the program requires you to use funds within eight weeks of the loan being dispersed, and we are pushing to expand that to as much as 24 weeks. Um, that would give the business owner the flexibility to get to the 75% to get the full forgiveness, um, given the situation is so fluid. Robert, how damaged were your members during this pandemic? And what industries suffered more than others? I think they were uh, uniformly damaged uh, as it became more and more apparent that these you know, situations were challenging the health of uh, American consumers and that we had uh, very little scientific information uh, to go on. I think the government rightly took a very cautious um, note, and that included closing down many, many, if not most of the businesses that are members of ours. Uh, The the local small businesses were closed. There were a few, as I mentioned uh, when we spoke last, 
that were open, um, some of the home health care and some of the brands that delivered auto repairs uh, were open and were deemed essential services. But by and large, overall, very broad uh, damage. And then as uh, some of the food services were opened up uh, very slowly, the restaurants that didn't have drive, uh, drive-through drive capability and so forth, which are a big portion of our membership, were uh, also significantly damaged. So we saw people with drive-through food uh, uh, takeout uh, kind of facilities, you know, ginning up business quicker again than the, than the folks that didn't have that available. But then uh, some innovation started to take place and, you know, the ingenuity of, of entrepreneurs, uh, they started marking places in the, in the parking lot and delivering food out to the cars. So that started to, uh, you know, that started to, to spread as soon as you saw some of them doing it more and more, uh, the system started to learn. So it was, uh, it, it was, it was fascinating to, to, to watch this at a distance. Robert, as a follow on, uh, you know, um, a lot of the franchise owners that did have economic consequences from all this, um, some of them may not make it. Um, what do you, you know, what do you think of that? What, you know, how many franchises, obviously you can't be specific, but, you know, do you think many will be going out of business because of this as a result of the pandemic? Look, uh, I, I think in the long term, we're going to see a lot of uh, dislocation in businesses. I think, uh, you know, some, uh, anybody who was running a marginal location prior to this, uh, which happens, you know, businesses get run down. They haven't, uh, they haven't renewed their, um, you know, their, their store and it's, uh, it's getting a little bit worn and long in the tooth, et cetera. Those kinds of businesses are uh, going to be the ones that were, would be in the most, uh, in, in jeopardy, you know, great locations, uh, I think have, uh, have the, um, possibility of, uh, you know, and the probability of coming back, um, that are well managed and so forth. Um, one of the surprises that happened out of the legislation that really was a big challenge to us was uh, the additional $600 a week that was uh, that was given uh, in unemployment uh, benefits to uh, to folks uh, to encourage uh, their staying home. And so, you know, you can't run small businesses with no employees. And uh, when people make two or sometimes three times the amount of money they were making before on unemployment uh, rather than working, uh, the decision to come back to work is somewhat more challenged. So we've been trying to work on policy, and Matt's been very active in this. We're trying to work on policy solutions that are created by people who don't run small businesses on a day-to-day basis, but have a, a thought of trying to do good. Uh, and write, you know, from Washington, D.C., and they may know how to run a hedge fund or they may know how to regulate bank the banking industry, but they often don't think about the very smallest uh, of the businesses in the United States, and that's who we represent. Yeah, Matt, let me jump onto that comment from Robert about, you know, the unemployment. It's not just unemployment, but in the recent, a recent stimulus bill passed by the House wants to continue uh, those additional federal unemployment benefits through 2021, and um, not only that, but mandate uh, you know, vacation, paid time off, actually, uh, for sick time. Um, what are your thoughts on that? And and how do you think that would affect franchisers around the country? Yeah, it'd be difficult. I mean, I think generally speaking, we don't support opportunistic uh, ways to enact longstanding ideas um, using, you know, the coronavirus response as an opportunity. I think extending and expanding unemployment insurance was appropriate at the time in March. And, you know, I think 
um, a targeted expansion of that may be appropriate going forward beyond July. Um, but absent some mechanism to cap it at a level commensurate with um, an employee's previous pay, um, and also providing, I've, you know, there's a lot of ideas out there now about how you can incentivize a return to work with um, either a direct payment or uh, you know tax credit to the employer um, or the employee. Um, those are those are things that we clearly may need. Um, but I think you know using this as an opportune time to enact longstanding sort of wish lists um, is I, I think inappropriate. Right now, as we sit in early June, a lot of a lot of states are reopening, and and by mid June, uh, you know there will be a lot more that's reopening. How can um, you know, a franchise owner? I mean, th- these federal unemployment benefits go through the I believe the end of July, right? So, how how can a franchise owner get employees back to work between now and then if they are getting paid more from the federal government? What do you what do you tell your members? Well, what we're telling them is, and we don't have to tell too many of them because they're pretty, you know, for the most part, um, in touch with their employees, um, but open lines of communication, right? You know, I think communicating at the outset that, hey, I am going to put you on um, unemployment now, but, you know, I am trying to bring you back, you know, whether you are taking a PPP loan or not, um, communicating with the employee, um, you know, about that. And I think now that there is, you know, guidance for uh, employers who are looking to get forgiveness from the PPP loans um, who, you know, can state that they've offered an employee their job back and, you know, the employee has turned it down. If you've established that line of communication, then then that doesn't impact your forgiveness. I think if you could establish that communication throughout the entirety of, you know, your closure, um, it's going to be a lot easier to document that if you do run into that unfortunate situation where, you know, you're trying to close out your forgiveness by June 30, but the, unemployment benefits go beyond that. Um, because I think people want to know that their job is going to be there beyond July 31, even if they see, you know, the short term, uh, you know, uh, upside of, you know, potentially earning slightly more uh, staying at home. But I think like any relationship, the communication is the most important aspect. I think you're right. I mean, the the, the business owners that, that have the best relationship with their employees and deal with them on a personal level, I'm sure can will be best positioned to work something out uh, that's mutually beneficial between now and the end of July. Uh, it's just so extra challenging when you have a, a pandemic that goes on that's a biological issue, and then you have the government, for the right reasons, shutting down businesses in places where things had to be done. Uh, but then with this legislation, it's also added uh, just so many challenges to businesses. You know, they're trying to help, but then they hurt. You know, they're trying to help individuals with more unemployment, and they wind up hurting um, a lot of small businesses. Robert, you had mentioned about um, some franchises not not making it back. You know, they they were maybe uh, you know, in marginal areas, or or more importantly, marginally um, operated. Um, you know, which to me, my take from that is that the franchise themselves were. You know, they weren't run very well to begin with, and those are the first ones to fall. Um, and I just, uh, you know, that to me, does that, does that present an opportunity for somebody that wants to get into the game? It absolutely does. We literally switched, uh, I don't know, uh, you know, I, I was saying this to someone the other day, and it was completely lost to them. Uh, I said, it's like driving down the highway in fourth gear and shifting down into first um, um, they, they are, they weren't necessarily familiar with anything other than an automatic, uh, <laughs> car. Uh, but, uh, we went from the best of times with optimally priced, um, and consistently priced labor 
<clears throat> with predictable markets, with uh, you know a a very strong business environment in the United States, with nearly full employment, where to the point where the number one uh, problem that people were having uh, was getting um, even trainable um, employees to come into their offices to to uh, to receive the training and move on to a place now where <clears throat> you know unemployment is enormously high and uh you know commodity pricing is not optimized it's challenged and its availability is is uh, challenged in fact and so uh, we are there's a kink in the hose uh, for uh, a time I, I think it's going to be temporary i think uh, we are going to see a massive rebound at the right time um so i i, I definitely uh, uh think that there are going to be good business opportunities to be had there. But we say this to folks all the time because we spend a lot of time talking to people who are interested in buying and acquiring franchises. Uh, you know, measure twice or thrice and cut once. Uh, be careful in how you select uh, what it is you want to do and, uh, and then go from there. Find the right uh, franchise concept. Uh, to be married up with, uh, so that you that you can understand what is going to be, uh, you know, the opportunity and what are going to be the uh, the challenges of going into any business uh, and franchising as well falls into that category. That's great, and Robert. So that's for people wanting to buy into franchising. And Robert, just as we close things out, I, you know, for existing franchise owners that emerge from this, where there's economic downturn there's disruption and where there's disruption, there's opportunity. And if you are an existing franchise owner and have a few bucks in the bank still and, or maybe credit available, what, what type of opportunities would you say are available for them? I think there, there, are, there are tremendous opportunities that are available at the moment. You know, I, I think it's still early to decide what exactly comes back when, but you know, you, you asked me earlier about uh, people being affected and so forth, and we talked a lot about food today. But I'm, I have a very uh, good friend who recently uh, uh, bought a trampoline park, and uh, my children, my, own, my son and I, spent many, many hours at the trampoline park, and we left a lot of money there. Um, and at the moment, those parks are among the last things to be reopened again. And they have a high uh, cost in the sense of, uh, you know, of infrastructure. Their personnel costs aren't necessarily as high, uh, but the infrastructure cost is very high. And so you're going to see, uh, you know, disruption that that varies, you know, from the place where you you might see a number of, you know, fast food locations closing down in one area, and therefore the existing restaurants that are in that space being taxed with new new uh, new customers. Because there's less competition going on there, um, you know, you you might want to look at, uh, at at different opportunities that are completely outside of food or outside of hotels, or uh, you know, even outside of other things in, into the service space. Certainly, the demographics in the United States continue to trend upwards, and having careful uh, health care brought into the home for the elderly and uh, for for grandma and grandpa. Uh, and making sure that they're well taken care of. That's another um, booming business uh, in the franchising space. And with good, uh, with good reason, there's a lot of need for it. And uh, there, there are a large number of great companies that are out there that are, that are pursuing that space. 
That was Robert Crisanti, CEO of the International Franchise Association. He was joined by Matt Holler, a Senior Vice President of Government Relations and Public Affairs at the International Franchise Organ Association as well. Both of you, Robert and Matt, thank you. Great advice and, um, and, and some real insights into some potential opportunities in the world of franchising. For more information about what we discussed today and other coronavirus questions and topics, please visit the Paychex COVID-19 Help Center. The address is paychex.com forward slash coronavirus dash resources. Thanks everyone for listening. Thanks to you, both Robert and Matt for joining me. You guys are great. Uh, and everyone, we will see you next time. This podcast is property of Paychex Inc. 2020, all rights reserved.